When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. So excited you decided to join us. Uh, before we jump in today, um, I want to make sure I give a shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. Um, they were Their customer service is, and again, this is from a Midwestern boy, their customer service is second to none. Whenever I've had any problems with with one of my three machines, they've always been able to help us. So go over and check out Dr. Dish. Mention Coach Unplugged, Teach Hoops, uh, any of our podcasts, Coach Collins, and they'll give you $400 off. You won't find a better discount out there. They will take really good care of you. And make sure you tell them I sent you. And then also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It is the one-stop shop for basketball coaches. Um, we are the only ones out there that offer 14-day free trial because we believe in our product so much that we want you to come and kick the tires. We want you to take it for a test drive. Nowhere else are you going to find a high school coach who's also coaching. Um, <laughs> giving, I just got off a, a phone call with a teachhoops.com member. So who else has my cell phone number and, and, and calls me and talks to me about things that he has uh, questions on with his team? Where else are you going to find that on the web? Go over and check it out. Um, like I've said before, it helps us keep the lights on in these podcasts and our YouTube and everything else free. So go over and check it out. And oh. One more thing I forgot. I was going to say, let's head off. Uh, go leave a review. We love those reviews. We read every one of them. Go leave those five-star reviews. Um, and let's head off to the podcast. Bye. All right. Let's do some of the stuff we had talked about with sharing and stuff. So you want to grab, I think the screen should still be, a, you should. See yeah. It. I mean, I know that, you know, we talked a little bit about building a program. So yeah, I let's do that. Share with you. Let's do that. Kind first. of go from there as a starting point and then show you what we do off the court and then on the court. So, okay. Just to give you a little background before I kind of show you everything is when I took over at Monroe, there was only one return when I got when it got to May. Um, so I had one player on the roster who was a volleyball player. So I technically had zero players on the roster. So I brought in a whole team last year of all freshmen. So when you talk about building a program, this was, you know, start literally building it from scratch. So 
it was a great opportunity to instill the culture and the process. But you, and you have them as a JUCO, you have them shorter than though. You're not like the, you're not like the D three coach that gets them for four years. Right. And I think that's why a lot of the stuff that we do, we simplify, like the culture is a little more simple. It's not, yeah, it's, it's a big deal, but it's not, you know, this big overarching thing that, because I wish we could, but I don't have that much time. So right. maturing and st- being mature growth, you know, as, as an adult and as a young student athlete, those are really important. So we have to focus. And especially because we're preparing them for a four year, we need to prepare them to be able to get through the obstacles that, you know, lie ahead of them. So, right. you know, we simplify things to, you know, fit the team that we have and, and make it work for them. So, to give you an idea, I'll just uh, share my screen right here um, with uh, our value system because I think that's the best place to start. So we're pretty simple, and uh, I love know, that. I love. I lo- first of all, I love simple, and c- <clears throat> people call these all sorts of things. You call it value system. Some people call them pillars. Some people call them. They're they're all important, especially for the young coaches listening. They're all important to come up with. You know, we all have them, you know, my parents taught them to me. So I think they're important for any sort of system. And I love that. I love that you've tried to simplify it, but go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt coach. Go ahead. No, no, not at all. So I'll show you how we got to the, so the hashtags at the top are very important and, uh, and I'll show you how we got to them because it's a very interesting process. But so our two hashtags of the year that we stick with are start unknown, finish unforgettable and win the day. And they both have much deeper meaning than just win on Tuesday, Thursday and Saturdays. Right. I'll go back to that. So our value system at Monroe, I've tried to simplify everything that I've learned from some of the great coaches like Coach Gately and, you know, Coach Charlie Turner and Arizona State. And, you know, they've developed some of the best cultures in in the country. And I've had the opportunity to talk to them about it. But, you know, I've taken the parts that I think I can apply to our program. And, you know, our biggest things are, you know, effort and attitude equals opportunity. So, when I talk about effort, I talk about effort in the classroom and in on the court. Like you're not gonna, I'm not gonna let you practice if you haven't gone to school in three days. Right. <laughs> doesn't it doesn't help me and it doesn't help you. And also, you know, one of the things that I learned from Coach Gately at Fordham was she she always taught me you have to teach your kids how not to want to lose before you can teach them how to want to win. And that's what I talk about when I talk say about that, effort. Say that again, Coach. Say that again. So she she told me that instead of teaching your kids how to, how to win, you got to teach them to hate to lose pretty much. And like once that. they hate to lose, then they'll, they'll really have that, you know, that fire. So when I talk about effort, I talk about the fire and practice to not want to lose a drill. I don't want, I want my kids to be going so hard. We keep track of points and everything we do and charted. And, you know, I want them to be, I want everything down to, you know, free throws at the end of practice to be as competitive as they possibly can. And I think there's a great balance in competition where, you know, they're supportive of one another, but they also understand that they're here to, you know, improve. And I think that kind of is a driving force. The attitude piece for me is it's all about how you carry yourself, your character, you know, what are you able to do, you know, on and off the court? How do you respond to scenarios? You know, as they say, every action has a reaction. Right. How do you control your responses, your emotions? And listen, I don't expect any player to come in on any day and every single day and be like, Hey coach, I'm in the best mood ever. School's great. I love everything. Like I don't expect that. But what I do expect is that you come in understanding what your goals are, why you're here and the ability to put things aside or work through things with, with the staff and your teammates to, 
to, you know, kind of stick together and, and also allow us to continue to get better every day and not be a roadblock. Right. And, um, the, you know, that kind of leads me into something actually that we were talking about last night, um, which is really important to me in my program, which, um, I was having a conversation last night with the coach, Chad Forcier over Milwaukee Bucks. And he said, we we're talking about playing your roles in basketball. And he said to me, we always preach to our players, you don't have to be a superstar, but you have to be a star in your role. And I have used that with my team a ton of times. Um, it is so important that everybody has the right attitude about their roles. It's not just about how many points or rebounds or. I think that's a hidden gem there. You have to be, I mean, so I coach Wesley Matthews, who's at the Bucks right now is one of, is one of my guys. Um, and I coach Wesley and he, the reason he was undrafted out of Marquette and has had a, I don't know, 13 year, 14, I don't even know, a long career in the NBA at this point playing with the Bucks. But the reason he has a career and still has an NBA career is because he became a star of his role. He figured out I was going to be a defender. I could guard LeBron. I could guard, I mean, I could figure out how I could, and that's the perfect, I think that's really hard. It's even harder for high school kids, I think, than maybe even the older kids to, to do that, post that. So I think at the JUCO level, you'll find that, you know, players still want to shine. And, and you know, I, I don't necessarily, like, if I bring in a great defender and they're, you know, I'm not just going to ask them to be a defender their whole career. I'm going right. to work on their other skills so they yep. can get to the next level. But it's so important for the team to be successful, you know, and part of getting seen is being on a good team. You know, they're not <laughs> – you may be a great player, but if we can't win, you're going to get less opportunity to be seen. Right. So that's where starring in your role really comes in. And then, you know, the opportunity part is the reward part is that if you put those first two things together, you know, us as a coaching staff and also as an athletic department and even further as, you know, as an institution are going to provide opportunity, whether, you know, the school, obviously, and myself, we worked very hard together on career services and stuff like that. But, when I talk opportunity, I talk about, you know, exposing my players to some of the things in the basketball world that maybe I had the chance to see or people I got to know that maybe they wouldn't have had the chance to, you know, growing up in the city and, and not being able to get out and see some of these things. And so we do a ton of things as a team, whether it's NBA games, WNBA games, different speakers, you know, motivational speakers in women's basketball and women's sports and, you know, just in general. and. Uh, you know, I have, uh, you know, I have plenty of great stories. Perfect one is one of my better players this past year um, wanted to be a referee. And um, a friend of mine happens to be one of the evaluators for the NBA. And so he is looking for more female officials. So she came down to one of our games and she was in New York to introduce herself after the game and talk hoops with my player and, and talk about being a referee. So that is the type of opportunity we try to create if you're able to put the effort and attitude parts together. Right. I, I mean, I think that's a, I mean, it's that building of, it's building that building relationships outside of, and are, is there anything you're thinking uniquely that you're going to do maybe right now that you're not seeing them in the summer or you're not maybe seeing them in, in the fall? Are you thinking anything outside the I think that, you know, we've done, obviously, we've done the, the general team Zoom calls and, and, you know, they've got their workouts that they've got to do at home. But I think that, you know, as we get more instruction on what we are allowed to do and what we aren't allowed to do, I've had 
lot of time to put take I mean I've gone through this corn you know I take notes at work but I, I've gone through four or five binders during this quarantine of notes on different calls and different things with other coaches so I've been trying to put together you know contingency plans on what we're going to do and you know how we're going to do things you know as the situation here especially in New York unfolds so. right I think that's a great idea I, I and I love how simple that is I mean it's true this is a life lesson value effort plus attitude equals opportunity. Think about your coaching career that we just talked about. I mean, that's, that's it right there. Um, yeah. yeah. And so just to kind of go back to, you know, I talked to you about the hashtags a little bit. So, you know, I think when you're building a program and I'll come back to this in a second, I think when you're building a program, it's extremely important to have your kids, your players, you know, have some ownership for the culture and, and have, you know, have a say in what you do. And, I was lucky enough to, I know I had mentioned Coach Gately, Coach Jessica Minetti at Sacred Heart. I was lucky enough to learn and see them build their programs, you know, over periods of time. And the ownership part is important. So just before I hop back to what our hashtag means as a program, I'm just going to show you this, uh, this document. Uh, let me see if I can bring it up. Hold on one second, if you don't mind. No worries. You're much better than as coaches doing this, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna confess that I have a tab issue on most browsers. So coach only has two tabs open on the top. I have usually like fifty. So because <laughs> usually I'm usually I'm more usually I'm doing eighteen different things at one time. That's what coaches do. But <laughs> I know on these Zoom calls, I'm trying to be able to keep up with the amount of things that people want to share and, and what we've got to do. Um, but I, I do have it here. Um, do you have a favorite restaurant in the Bronx as we're doing this? So when I come visit? Oh, wow. Dominic's is um, – Dominic's in, like, the Little Italy, you know, that kind of area. That is uh, – that's one of my favorites. You know, usually when I go to Boston – I had a friend tell me this. When I, went to, when I go to Boston, I always ask the, the beat cops where they eat. And it's like, I always ask them and they, they, they've always sent me good spots. Like, where, where would you guys go? Like, cause usually people don't go up and talk to them. And it's like, I just tell them, Hey, I'm a tourist. Where would you eat? And they go, well, <laughs> go down this at, go down there here, make a left and go down to that. Like, you know, and there's only four seats in the whole Italian rest. This was in, in little Italy in Boston. It was like, go down this. And it's like, it was the best. Oh my God. It was so good. Um, but you got to ask, you know, the cops will at least be, relatively nice <laughs> yeah i mean the, the spots that we I, we have some spanish spots and different little spots that we like to go to as a team where they know us they prepare for us we call them ahead let them know we're on our way over after a game but right we're right in the middle of the bronx so we'll just you know if we have a coaches meeting we'll just hop over to one of the local spots yeah. but uh here so let me share this with you so going back to what i was talking about we um so I like to get have them take ownership of stuff. And this is something I learned. I think, I, you know, I pretty much stole this from Coach Gailey, but it's a great idea, but make sure that she gets the credit, obviously. So this is what we call DNA of the Express, which is who are we and, and what do we do? And um, it's an NCAA bracket that's completely blank. And what okay. we'll do is we will take that bracket and we will use all these words here that you see and put them in all the different positions in the bracket. So there's things like get better every day, mental toughness, sense of urgency, the little things. And who, and who for, so let me ask a question. Who can, so it's a, it's a bracket of 64 for the people that are listening. 
but and then he has a big long list on a piece piece of paper. Where did you did you come up with this list? Did the players come up with this list? How did this list like energy and vocal and discipline and yada 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 come up? So this list has been like passed down. I've gotten it from other coaches who started okay. it, and then I I've, okay. I've taken off a bunch of it and ha- and added some slogans and different okay. things that okay. I thought were interesting. So okay. basically, what you do is you put the sixty four words into a bra- into an NCAA bracket and you allow your team to vote each word against each other until you get to the final four and then the championship. Love that. And then we take the champion and the runner up and determine which our slogan is that's going to go on our jersey and what's our, you know, in-house slogan. So basically what it brings you back to is here where we started, which is our, you know, our champion and our slogan is start unknown, finish unforgettable. And the girls decided on that because they believed that you know, maybe they were overlooked in high school. Maybe they, you know, wanted to create something together, you know, a bunch of kids that don't know each other except from having played against each other. And so that was really the first half of the season was all about being unknown. And then right. the second half of the season when we were, were you know, we have going into break, we had won eight in a row going into the second half of the year with a tough schedule. We used to preach finishing unforgettable. This is right. now you, you've accomplished part one and now you got to accomplish part two. And then the other thing is win the day, which I'm sure so many people use and I'm not unique to that, but the meaning for win the day for our program is a lot different. And we track wins. And I don't mean just on our schedule. You know, we had, we were 19 wins this year. That's 19 wins. But we track the wins throughout the day on a chart. If a kid gets an A, that's a win for them. If a kid, you know, maybe who struggles to be on time for class, is able to be on class in class two, three days in a row on time or early, that's a win. If someone who struggles with a drill does it perfectly, that's a win. If someone can, you know, catches a, you know, a a bad attitude, but can correct themselves without needing to be corrected. That's a win. So we keep track of the wins that we get the little ones. And right. then you look at it and, you know, for us overall, did we have more wins or more losses on that day? And that really determines whether we won the day or not. And our okay. goal is to find a way, no matter how hard we have to grind to win enough time during the day that overall it's a, it's a big, big, so hit. go back to the, go back to the bracket. Do you, how do you do the, do you do it in a team meeting and sit and do the whole bracket in one sitting? Yeah. So usually we, we have a team meeting in the preseason where we'll kind of talk it through. Um, you know, some of the, some of the times, depending on which words are matched up with others, it'll be heavily debated and we got to go to a vote. And sometimes it's a unanimous like. Let's and move you put, do you put? Do you do you? I'm a stats teacher. Do you randomly put the words in, or do you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just I just write them down in there, and then um, okay. put it up on the board. And you know, I think we're going to do this on the Zoom call probably at the beginning of June because we're going to have to get our off season. You know. Right. Uh, language started and then that, that's. Well, this isn't a bad. This is actually a good thing to do in a Zoom, in my opinion. This is not like. This might actually even be easier because you're all going to be in little squares and you can see it and you can talk. And um, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, no, not at all. I love that. So, so that's kind of just like how we start the program culturally. And then, so just before I show you kind of some of the stuff we do on the court, you know, one of the things that I learned as a coach, and I think that any young coach or even, you know, anyone in the business, whether you're an assistant or a head coach, is the language of how you communicate with your players needs to be uniform across the board from your head coach 
all the way through your entire staff, you know, all the way down to maybe a volunteer or a manager, or whoever's involved on the court. So, you know, we say for us, strong side. You know, some people say ball side. For us, it's strong side. And right. all my know that. So there's not a lot of questions right. where if I'm referring to ball side, it's not, you know, confusing them. Right. We call it the strong side. You know, we talk about the slot. We talk about the short corner. You know, all the language we have a pre in our preseason coaches retreat, we talk a lot about what the terminology that I feel comfortable using and what I obviously want to hear what they use. And then we, you know, we make sure that our key talking points, you know, we do give them like a little glossary in their playbooks so they can refer back to it if they are confused after practice. But, you know, in the early part of the season, we emphasize the terminology that we're going to be using. I think two, I think, I think a couple of things, first of all, because you only have them for the short period, those things matter and words matter. Like words matter in life, words matter on the court. And I think, I think that's a great point you're making. And that's even for a high school coach. I may only have them for a year and then I got to give them to the varsity coach for a couple of years or something like that. I think that's really important for young coaches that words matter. You just have to, you have to come up with a uniform. Are you talking ball side, strong side? Are you talking help, help line? You know, what do you, how do you, how do you refer to things on the court? I think are really important and off the court too. I think that's yeah. great. And I think that, you know, you got to think about it like, all right, you know, there's a couple things that I need to be able to relay to them about, you know, how are we going to handle ball screens, hedge, double, or, you know, stuff like that. Right. How are we going to handle, hit the slot, whatever you want to do. And think about it as if you have a 30-second timeout. And no 30-second timeout, unless you're on national television, is actually a 30-second timeout. It's more like a 15-second timeout with the refs asking you to get out of the timeout, you know, 15 seconds in. Right. So if you have about 15 to 20 seconds to bring your kids in and say, I need you to do X, Y, and Z, and they turn to an assistant and, and say, did coach, you want to make sure that your language, everyone is understanding exactly what you're saying. And if they ask anybody else, that player won't say, oh, he says strong side. And then the other player's like, wait, is that ball side? It's just, it's very clear and concise. So everything that we do, we try not to over talk. We try to be you know precise in how we communicate to them and, if they don't understand, I'd rather reiterate the terminology than, you know, get away from it just to move on. So right. I think it's really important. I think that's great. I think that's so, a great takeaway. So once we kind of have that in order, you know, what our, who we are, our identity and everything like that, you know, then we kind of move into, you know, beginning of the season practice and practice throughout the year. So I brought a couple practice plans and drills that oh, I can show everybody. Um, yeah, that'd be great. So, just before I go into the practice drills, you know, one of the things that I, someone asked me, um, it's actually during this time, and it's funny because I was, I was glad I was able to say yes to the question, but they asked me, coach, you know, if you were to have to have an emergency and miss the first 15 minutes of practice, would your players know what they're supposed to do if there wasn't supervision or if, God forbid, but, or if there, the assistant was there but didn't know, like, would they know what to do? Do they know your culture? And also, do they know your system? So I'll bring up a, a practice plan that I can show you yeah, guys. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, and then I can so, kind of walk so you through it. As you're doing that, I'm going to ask you a question as you're doing that. When do you practice plan? So I usually practice plan, like going into the season, I usually get my first like two or three practices. And then everything is, you know, that night after I have a chance to watch film of practice and um, you know, I've had a chance to review everything, then I'll kind of that evening put something into place and then review it in the morning. But I don't plan too far ahead just because 
you know, so many things can change in a practice that I could have a great idea and, you know, it just doesn't come out to be that way. So, you know, I like to be able to be, you know, fluid and, and work on different things. So I get that. And, that. What, and what do you think the one of the more important things in practice is? So I think at the junior college level, the two most important things in practice are, you know, skill development, making sure that we improve on our skills because, you know, I could teach offense all day, but the ability to actually get out there and play the game, you got to be able to fit in anybody's system if you're trying to go to the next level. So skill development is extremely important. And then also I think it's very important communication. That's got to be instilled in these kids from day one. And I think any coach at any level will tell you whether they're the pros or whether, you know, they're high school that the best teams win because they communicate and it's on the offensive end and on the defensive end. So we are so focused on, you know, I tell my kids and maybe I'm wrong for this, but this is just my style of coaching. But I tell my kids all the time, if you don't know what to say, just yell. So if you forget in the moment, you're supposed to say ball, 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 just yell something else, right. just yell whatever in your head. And, I've had a kid run out on the ball and be like, help, help, help. And that is not a good idea. But if you want to run out on the ball and you're not screaming ball, but you're like, got it, got it, got it. Then scream, got it, got it, got it. Right. Because at least we're constantly communicating. My so, college coach always had me call ball. I love that. I love calling because then everyone knows who's guarding the ball, which is relatively important defensively. Yeah. <laughs> so but, I don't uh, know. Yeah. You know, in transition and, and as young players coming into JUCO, they maybe they come from a system where – you know, calling ball wasn't very, you know, wasn't demanded. And we demand that. So right. if you're getting used to it, then say anything that indicates to us that you have the ball so that your other players can understand. And like I said, referring back to terminology is we'll kind of go back to it. So, okay. So as you pull, a, yep. As you, you pull it up and we'll keep talking. Um, If you could do three things in practice, what would you do? If you could only do three, as you're pulling this up. I can only do three. Three of the things that I already do, like three of my. I drills, just three. I'm just saying. I'm. I, I. I'm. You can only do three things at practice. What do you think are the three most important things? I'll reword it. We're gonna shell drill. We're going to. So defense. Yep. Yeah, we're gonna shell drill. We're gonna get game like shots up, and we're going to run in transition. Okay, and if I'm sitting at your practice and I just I, I I've come to watch. Um, what would I notice? You would probably notice the intense, you know, the intense demand for communication, the intense, the intensity on defense and the emphasis on rebounding and outletting the ball and pitch ahead and, and getting going, you know, trying to get up, um, up the floor before the defense has a chance to set that we have a lot of emphasis on getting into our stuff quickly and, and, but also under control. And then I think what you'd also see is, and, you know, I'm, I get very into practice. That's my, you know, that's my safe place. I get to you know, right. be me and I, I love, you know, the environment. So there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I don't know if the words entertainment, but there's a lot of, of qualities and conversations and stuff and, you right. know, pumping each other up where I think that we, you know, we do a great job of creating both a very competitive you, environment, but an enjoyable one. Do you have any, do you have any hints on, on transitions between things? Because I always find that's a difficult thing for younger coaches, the transition from A to B, B to C. So we – actually, it's funny. There's, there's a few ways, you know, you can do it. Um, you know, for us, usually our transition – we do everything with a clock going at all times. Okay. So 
they understand that as soon as it drills over, if we say, you know, you got a chance to get water, that clock's going. So they pretty much are operating on a, a time controlled system. So there's not, it doesn't take us a lot to transition. Okay. But usually before we end every drill, we'll, someone will have to hit a free throw. Otherwise we'll get up and down the floor or we'll do some sort of calisthenics or something like that. Okay. So we try to break everything on a free throw, but a, but an intense free throw where there's, you know, Phil Martelli said over the quarantine, he was talking about not using the word punishment. And I agree with Phil on that. And then, so we use the word consequence, you know, so that there's a consequence. And again, you hate losing and you hate missing. So that focus is still there. Okay. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Pull this up. Let's look at. So I'll walk you through some of the, some of okay. these drills. Um, this is, you know, I'll show you one or two practice plans. Obviously this is one of them early, early on in the season. So you'll see, you know, we have our form shooting, which is something that is a non-negotiable every day. We'll go through that. Um, Five-minute shooting in Iowa speed layups and four-line transition. That first three drills of practice are, are every practice. You know, transition okay. may slide down the road. That may slide depending on if it's a day after the game or something. But I can promise you that, you know, if you were to ask my kids how we're going to start practice, they'll tell you five-minute shooting and Iowa speed layups. And I'll, I'll show you what they both are. Okay. For me, the most important thing is in, in our practices that the first two drills include a massive amount of communication and that they're high energy or as close to being a live drill as possible, which is we have, why we have our four-line transition. In there. And, I, and, I'll, and, I'll tell, and I'll just stop for a second for the young coaches listening. It's, some, for someone that's taught 30 years in a classroom, how you start your first five minutes of your class matter. How you start your first five minutes of your practice matter because it's going to set the tone for the next hour and a half, two hours. Um, and that's what I think coach was getting at is like he's setting tone early. You know, it's easier to dial back than to dial up from, yeah. from an old dog is basically what I'm telling you. Yeah. And I would agree with you a hundred percent. And we do these things because those are part of, you know, the demands that we ask of them. So we do them at a fast pace so that when we get into the second half of practice, they've been going. I'd rather have them slowing down, you know, towards the, the third part of our practice to, you know, slow down while we go through our scout real quick and then amp it back up to finish practice. So, um, you know, obviously practice plans for us change, whether we got to travel the next day, if, you know, if it's a home game, you know, we got a day off, whatever it may be. So, you know, this is just kind of a look, you know, we'll go through, you know, our basics, get through transition, and we go straight into about 20 minutes of defense. You know, early on in the season, we're teaching our, you know, our zone man half court. You know, I like to teach in segments of 20, you know, maybe 25 minutes max if you're going over scout or zone or offense. I think after 20 minutes, me as a young coach, I've never been with a coach who stays on a topic for more than 20 minutes. You know, a lot of our, my drills are maxed out at 12 minutes. Um, but, um, you know, when it comes to like teaching zone, man, that kind of stuff and walking through, I would say between 16 and 20 minutes is usually where we max out. Okay. And then, um, it's an, so att yeah, so let me, it's an attention thing too. I'm telling you. Yeah. And I think, you know, maintaining that competitive edge through a full practice at the college level is, is difficult. And if you can replicate it at any level, it's amazing. So you've got to kind of find a balance of competitive drills, skill work, and then the right time to teach things where they're not too tired to learn, but they need that opportunity to catch their breath and they can focus on. It. So, so tell me about the, tell me, so people that are listening, 
it, he he he's opening up something that says it, this is a website it looks like practice planner live so tell me about practice planner live i've not heard about this hey everybody i hope you enjoy the podcast make sure you subscribe and like no matter where you listen apple spotify we love those five star reviews make sure you also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better sports social podcast network